Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Are you caring for an aging loved one? Are you a senior searching for answers? Welcome to Senior Care Live, a program dedicated to you, providing information, education, and resources for seniors and their caregivers. And now, America's Senior Care Consultant, Steve Keeker. Hello and welcome to Senior Care Live. I'm Steve Keeker, your Senior Care Consultant, and I really appreciate you tuning in. We have an excellent program for you here today. We have uh, some wonderful guests in studio. Uh, my friend and special guest, Mr. David Wiley, he is the President and CEO of Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care, as well as guests Pamela Puppy and David Moore, two Kansas City Hospice supporters and family members of past patients. And David, Pamela, and David, welcome to Senior Care Live. Thank you very much. Thank Th you. Thanks, Steve. Good to be here today. All right. Excellent. So, David, how was your Thanksgiving? Did, was you it was good. good. Yeah. Enjoyed yeah. the uh, day and the festivities and, of course, lots of food. So it was yep. good. Turkey coma. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Every single year. So, well, David, as mentioned, uh, you brought some guests in uh, the studio with you here today to share some inspirational stories with our with our audience. So can you start off by introducing your first guest and just tell us a little bit about what she is doing uh, to uh, visit with us today uh, about uh, Kansas City Hospice? Sure. I'd love to, Steve. You know, hospice and grief support can be a challenging field to work in. But one thing that I've found to be consistently uplifting is hearing the positive stories of families who experience our care at Kansas City Hospice. You know, many families are so moved by the care that they received, they look for ways to give back by either volunteering with us or sometimes making a financial gift. And as a nonprofit organization, these donations go a long way to further our mission to provide expert end-of-life care to all who need it. So today with me is Pam Puppy. She's a good friend, uh, and she uh, has a great story. She's found a meaningful way to give back and inspire others to pay forward the generosity that she's shown. All right, excellent. And Pam, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got involved with Kansas City Hospice? Um, well, I was born in South Dakota. I grew up, I grew up a poor kid in KCK. And I've lived my whole life in, in the Kansas City area. Mm -hmm. um, I love a variety of things, including working on a community garden where we grew 22,000 pounds of produce that um, helped feed those in need. Oh, wow. So I also loved dancing and decorating. 
for the holidays, baking, entertaining, and my new passion now is pickleball. Oh, <laughs> I've never I've never played, but I know it's all it's all of that, right? Everybody seems to love it. <laughs> yes, it's lots of fun. <clears throat> my my first experience with Kansas City Hospice House was with my mother, and um, where she had to she became a patient. My sister and I were afraid it would be a really sad and drab place to go. Mm-hmm. We were nervous about it. Instead, we were met with caring and compassionate staff. They made us so at ease. Um, their knowledge that they had just made us so comfortable and supported. Mom was nervous about it. Instantly, she felt good about it. And um, I knew it was the right choice that we made. And it actually felt like a home. Well, to have all of the parties involved in that very difficult situation feel comfortable, I mean, that is an amazing statement right there. One of the little things, they do little things that make your patient feel comfortable as well. They brought her food on small plates that were colorful because she didn't want to eat, but a small amount versus a big plate of food was something that made her feel comfortable. And as a result... When we were finished with her life there, we decided they only had one CD player at the time, so we couldn't donate a lot. Instead, we donated CD players for the uh, for every room there, and she was one of the first patients they had oh, at that, Hospice House. That's wonderful. Then a few years, short years later, my husband Peter needed care, and when I figured out that I could no longer properly care for him, I knew it was the best place I could ever think to take him. Once again, we were met with support, compassion, dignity, and true love. They took the burden off my shoulders so I could spend special time loving him and actually enjoying those last weeks with with our family and our friends there laughing one of the little experiences we had that to, to let people know it's not, it's a, a wonderful, friendly place. We watched KU basketball games and ate popcorn and drank Cokes. Nice. So, <laughs> so Peter and my love of nature and gardening inspired us to build the Rose Garden. And with the help of family and friends and donations, um, we hoped it'd be a, a future place where patients and their families uh, could go and enjoy the solitude and the peace and the comfort that a garden gives you. And when when we went there, there it was just barren grass. Now I have put Kansas City Hospice House in my trust so that it can continue to give excellent care for many people in the future. All right. So Pam, it sounds like you are a natural caregiver, and can you tell me a little more about that? Well, my family being poor, like I said, I couldn't afford to go on to school, so I I went to junior college. And so since I couldn't go to nursing school, which was my real passion, I decided uh, to go to become a hairstylist, where I was a hairstylist for 41 years, and I could care for my clients and show them friendship and love and they for everything that i gave to them they gave it back tenfold to me and i feel like that's one of the things that we all can do is 
if I light your candle, your candle lights so many other people's candles. And that's how I feel about people in love and life. So my passion for nursing, um, just after watching nurses at both of those places, uh, it grew and I started a, a scholarship. Um, then my next husband that was also at Hospice House, I started a scholarship for nurses at North Dakota State. That then led me to working with Mary Zayner Bauer, and who's at Kent City. And we established a scholarship for hospice care. These nurses and staff truly are God's angels here on earth. While Jerry, my, the, my last husband, was there, we actually had fun under the care there. Many friends came and we had dinner and um, happy hours where Jerry even had a, a special slip or two of scotch. We made so much noise, I was afraid they were going to throw us out of the place. <laughs> Don't get kicked out. <laughs> we're going to get kicked out, I said. Instead, they said, no, the nurses, they encouraged us to have fun and enjoy those last weeks that he was there. So that was one of the best places and things that we did. It gave us time to, to love and care for each other. You can tell Pam has such a passion for us and her experiences now three times at the hospice house. You know, this fund that she has uh, given to us so gratefully, uh, it, it really is meaningful in a unique way. We have a, an application process and a selection process and it and awards a scholarship to one of our KC hospice patient care staff members on an annual basis. So not only does it further their own educational goals, it, it enhances the level of care they're able to provide to patients and families. So though it was set up to provide one scholarship a year, Steve, Pam has actually awarded two scholarships for the last two years. Nice. Yeah, it's just tremendous. And one of our scholarship recipients, Stephanie Turner, she recently completed her Bachelor of Science in Nursing program and just became a patient care manager for one of our largest teams on our home hospice. So. You know, employee retention and promotion is is a key component of our strategy uh, and our strategic plan. This is just a great example of how Pam and our donors play such an important role in the work that we do. So look at that full circle. So mm -hmm. Pam and, and her family benefited from the love and the care uh, from Casey Hospice, specifically at the Casey Hospice House. Mm -hmm. Pam, in turn, gives back to this scholarship which then produces a, a wonderful person who's actually one of the leaders in your organization to continue that cycle of, I, I just got to chill, I, just to continue that cycle of, of providing great care and being there for families in the greatest time of need. That, that's beautiful. 100%. It's amazing and so impactful. That's wonderful. So if you'd like to reach out to Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care and find out how you might be able to impact the great work that KC Hospice does, maybe donate, maybe volunteer, just look into it, 816-363-2600. That's 816-363-2600 or online at kchospice.org. And now the Senior Care Live question of the week. Which of the following patient needs are met with hospice? A, physical, B, mental, C, emotional, D, spiritual, or E, all of the above. What do you think? You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, visit SeniorCareLive.com. We'll have more with Steve coming up next. 
Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, go to SeniorCareLive.com. All right, back to the Senior Care Live question of the week. Which of the following patient needs are met with hospice? A, physical, B, mental, C, emotional, D, spiritual, or E, all of the above? And the answer is... E, all of the above. And David, why is it E, all of the above? You know, Steve, in hospice care, the patient is the center of everything we do, and all of those needs are essential to ensure that they maximize the time that they have when they're on hospice care. Excellent. I, that's, that's nice and succinct, and, and, and it's true. I mean, this is such a holistic approach. Absolutely. And, and the patient obviously benefits, uh, and I think what a lot of people maybe, maybe they don't think about or undervalue is the family benefits from that just as much. 100%, yeah. The family uh, is an essential part of the entire process, and uh, we're happy and always so proud to support them. Absolutely. And before the break, we heard from Pam Puppy, who was inspired to give back to Kansas City Hospice with gifts that helped build gardens at the Kansas City Hospice House. And like she said, you know, it, it was just kind of a flat piece of ground and, and maybe even dirt. And now we have these beautiful gardens there, uh, as well as a scholarship fund for patient care staff. And that has already produced leaders at Kansas City Hospice. It's just this beautiful full circle situation. Uh, And now I'd like to welcome our second guest, David Moore, who has also found a unique and and inspiring way to honor his wife and further the work of Kansas City Hospice. And uh, David, can you first start off by sharing a bit about yourself and your family? Yeah. Well, first of all, Steve, thank you for having me and thank you to Kansas City Hospice and and David Wiley for for having me here to, to have the opportunity to talk about Rachel. Um, we met when we were in college. We, we were in theater together. We were in a play together. Um, and then uh, we got married in 2000. We had our first uh, child, Aaron. Um, 2004, uh, our son was born in 2007. And our youngest, Emily, was born in 2009. And I really hope I got those right. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, throughout that entire time, we... We ran a video production and photography company. I focused more on the video production side of things and, and uh, corporate videos and whatnot. And she shot weddings and um, high school seniors and families. And um, yeah, it was, you know, for 18, 19 years, it was wonderful. And then um, in early 2019, in March of 2019, she was diagnosed uh, with stage four colon cancer. Hmm. Never, you know, didn't really run in her family. And she's and pretty young. For, she's she young for 39 that. Thirty nine when she oh was. Oh my gosh! Okay. Um, and was just, uh, you know, I'm just going to say some very uncomfortable things here because people really should know. <clears throat> if you're bleeding uh, when you use the restroom, yep. If you have sudden weight loss, if you, uh, you know, if your stomach's cramping up, I mean, all of these things are things that because she really worked very hard, she uh, kind of excused away. Until one day she just was short of breath and we took her to the emergency room and after a couple of scans, they, they diagnosed it at stage four. Mm. Um, and, and I mean, for, for those who don't know anything about colon cancer, it is one of the most treatable forms of cancer if you catch it early. Um, we did not. You wouldn't, you wouldn't expect that in a 39-year-old. I mean, No, and that's the thing. That's what people really need to know. The, the screenings for this started happening at 50. It was an old, you know, an old person's. Uh, kind of cancer, yeah. but not in young women and, and certainly not somebody, you know, like her. 
Um, and now they've lowered the screening to, to age 45. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, if, you, if you're experiencing any of those symptoms, please don't hesitate. Go get screened. Because if they catch it in stage one or two, you know, it, it's pretty manageable. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, it was stage four. Um, she, um, God, she really just was incredible that first year on chemo. Um, just it shrunk a lot of this. So stage four means that it's it's gone from the colon to other organs. It was in her liver. It was in her lungs. They were able the following February to remove it from her liver. Um, and then, uh, you know, by November of 2020, it had gone to um, her ovaries and her brain. Mm. So uh, all throughout or. Yeah, all throughout 2021, she just uh, just fought as hard as she could, but it was kind of almost you know too far gone at that point. Yeah. Um, and then she she did eventually uh, pass away um, last October 25th. Okay, that is uh, first of all, I'm I'm really sorry to hear that. Um, it's just an unimaginable thing to even think about having to go through. Uh, and, and and like you know, like you said, she's who would suspect it? I mean, she's so young. If if there isn't a family history of it, you wouldn't call for a colonoscopy before age forty five. And so, um, yeah, that's, that's just. Um, I'm really I'm really sorry to hear all of that. But what were some of the ways that you and your family pulled together during that time? We uh, took a family road trip in. Uh in the summer of 2019, from here to California, we were gone about two weeks, and I don't know what we were thinking. That following January, we decided to go to the other coast to see uh, to go to Walt Disney World, and that was two months before the pandemic. So, had we not taken those two trips when we did, we never would have been on a family trip. You would again. have been locked down like everybody else. Yeah, yeah, you couldn't have done it. Yeah, um, I'll tell you though, what what was really amazing is is in 2021 when she went on uh, hospice services. Her physical therapist, whose name was Kelly, helped her to realize her one of what she really wanted to do, which was shoot pictures at my oldest daughter's prom. And that year, you know, everything was closed down. So they had a group of friends gather and and shot pictures at our house and went on to dinner and such. Um, but she worked with Rachel and finally got her to the point where she could shoot the pictures at that prom. And and from that, when she was on home hospice care, just the care that the nurses gave us, and then finally around October 20th, 21st, when we moved her into the hospice house, just the amount of love and, and attention to everything that they gave us was just overwhelming. I mean, it really took, you know, the burden off off of me, off of my our children, her parents. And it was just, I mean, I, you know, I've, I've worked with these people for a number of years, but to actually have to use their services... Um, was everything I ever told people that they did in the videos that, that I produced for them. So it, uh, it was truly amazing, and I will never, ever forget um, the, the experience with them. So I, there's a theme here. So Pam mentioned earlier how comfortable she was in her family, and you just mentioned that it just took the burden off of you, so it made you feel comfortable. And I think one of the biggest gifts, there are so many gifts that you had received from the KC Hospice House in that experience, but one of the biggest gifts is that you don't have to worry about being the caregiver. and right. Because that's taken care of by a professional, loving, caregiving staff, and then you can be the loving husband, Pam, the loving wife, you have the loving grandkids and, and all of the family and friends. And, and, and you can just go back to your role and just enjoy every minute of every day and, and maximize, uh, and maximize that, that, um, that time, that time right. that's, uh, that's left. Yeah, absolutely. 
So I, I'll tell you what, we're going to have some more stories coming up uh, right after the break. But if this is if this is resonating with you and you're like, you know, we need to look into the services of Kansas City Hospice and palliative care uh, because these are these are real people, real stories. And and, and, I'll, and it's just it doesn't get any better than that. So I would encourage you to reach out to KC Hospice and Palliative Care 816-363-2600 or visit online at kchospice.org. We will have a whole lot more coming up next. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. Have a question? Visit SeniorCareLive.com. Stick around. We'll have more with Steve coming up next. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For podcasts of the program, go to SeniorCareLive.com or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, back with David uh, Moore. David, first of all, thanks for sharing uh, some of your story with us. Uh, it sounds like you have just a, a beautiful family, and uh, I imagine this past year since Rachel uh, has passed uh, has come with some difficult changes and, and challenges. Uh, is there anything that you can share with our listeners and our audience about uh, some of the ways that you've been able to cope with her death? Um. Well, she passed right before the holidays last year, and we've been we just put up our Christmas tree a couple of, uh, weeks ago, and um, have just <clears throat> celebrated Thanksgiving. And I, you know, they tell you that like the first year is the hardest. I don't remember a lot of uh, the holidays last year. Yeah, um, this year was really hard. Uh, you know, looking through the ornaments and putting them up, and um, so we kind of just you know we talked about her the entire time putting them up, where we got certain ornaments, why we bought them. Um, you know, we we were at you know my in laws for uh, for Thanksgiving dinner, and um, you know just being around family and, and talking about her um, really is 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 just the way that we you know we keep her memory alive. Yeah, and I understand that uh, this year on May 11th is Rachel's birthday, and you started a random acts of kindness celebration. Tell us about that. So Rachel loved her birthday. She loved everybody's birthday. She she had a special thing with our kids where the day before their actual birthday, she would just take them to lunch, just the two of them, and spend the day together. And then the next day would be kind of, you know, for all of us <clears throat> to celebrate. But she really loved her birthday. She hated, and it did happen occasionally, where it fell on Mother's Day. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, yeah. That was not a good year. <laughs> um, but I remember, um, first of all, my wife was extremely open and honest about what she was going through. We could ask her any question in the world um, about life or, or death. Or, I mean, it was just, it was unbelievable the way that she was. And so uh, in May of 2021, or probably later in 2021, when things really started to decline, and I had realized that the birthday we had just celebrated with her was probably um, going to be her last, I said, you know, what do you want us to do on your birthday from now on? And she said, I just want you to go out and do something kind for somebody else, mm. whether it's your family or a stranger or friend. And so the kids and I put our heads together and we started, you know, Rachel's, I don't even know what we call it at this point, Rachel's Day of RAOK, yeah. Random Act of Kindness. Yeah, yeah. And we do it on May 11th and we'd started a, a Facebook page and we just asked that people just post, you know, usually when somebody does something kind for somebody else, you don't, you don't, uh, 
talk about it. Yeah. But we really wanted to know, you know, what you know, how did Rachel inspire you and 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 what did you do today, you know, in her name? And she was an avid reader and loved history and photography and I mean, so people would go through their book collections that they didn't need anymore and donate them to like, you know, like a women's shelter. Um, That's awesome. It was, I mean, just, just the, the, the reading through that, the first birthday without her was one of the most cathartic, emotional things that I, that I think the kids and I have dealt with over this year. And it hmm. was really special. So that, you know, that is the way that we're, we're going to continue to do that for as long as possible and, and just encourage people to, it didn't cost anything, go out and be kind to somebody and think about Rachel. You know, um, David has been so generous to share his experience with others. Obviously, it's a, quite a, a moving story. You know, if listeners would like to learn more about Rachel's act of kindness and sign up to be reminded about this special day when we're closer to May 11th, they can go to our website at kchospice.org forward slash R-A-O-K, which stands for Rachel's Act of Kindness. You know, it's hard to talk about your experience with serious illness, death, and grief, but when we do it and can help so many others understand that they're not alone and, and, and be inspired to let the memories and the legacy your loved one carry, carry you through, it's, it's incredible. So thank you, David. Hearing your family story really is encouraging. <clears throat> it's emotional and it's ex- inspiring. It helps to remember that small acts of kindness can really go a long way to h- help make an impact to another person. And I also want to share that David and his family are supporting the fundraising efforts of Kansas City Hospice by sharing their story in our year-end fundraising campaign. Um, this is in Rachel's honor, and it's called The Purpose of Life. And so donors to this campaign, are, they're critical in providing a foundation of support that allows us to provide care to those without financial resources and those with complicated needs from serious illness. It's because of our donors and families like David's who are willing to share what hospice care really looks like for a person that we're able to go above and beyond the basics of hospice care and also provide comprehensive grief support to the community. All right. That is wonderful. And uh, Pam and David, thanks so much for for being here today to share your personal experiences and help our audience better understand how supporting an organization like Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care can just be so meaningful, so impactful. And uh, David uh, Wiley, if if listeners are interested in discussing opportunities uh, to give back with you, what's the best way that they can get in touch? So first, Steve, um, they can visit our website, which is kchospicelegacy.org. For more information or to get in touch with our Director of Donor Relations, Mary Zaner Bauer, um, that's a, a really great way to discuss opportunities to give back. Um, in terms of volunteering, um, folks can visit kchospice.org forward slash volunteer and uh, check those out. And David, you're always looking for volunteers. Sure. I mean, there, there's always something to do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? we always have a need. And, uh, you know, it's always uh, really remarkable what people say when they're able to help us. Volunteers they are super important to what we do every single day. Okay. Some folks like to make an immediate impact with a gift. Um, so our Purpose of Life campaign that we just talked about in honor of Rachel, uh, people can go to kchospice.org forward slash purpose. And, um, of course, a gift in any amount is so meaningful. It all adds up to a big impact for families right here in Kansas City. And I'm, I'm really thrilled that this year the impact of all gifts is doubled by another person who understands the impact of our hospice care, J.D. Lemberger, in memory of his mother, 
has offered a $40,000 challenge match for the campaign this year, which means that every gift you give to the Purpose of Life campaign will be doubled, dollar for dollar, up to $40,000. So that's just uh, an important, important and amazing opportunity. And that is, that's phenomenal. So, you know, I, I know that we have people in our audience who who uh, have, have donated to KC Hospice. Uh, you have a lot of different fundraisers throughout the year, but this is that classic time of the end of the year. Actually, we talked about it last week about uh, charitable donations, and this is a great time to maybe get with your, your tax planner, your financial advisor, and talk about that. And, and for every dollar that is donated to Kansas City Hospice, it is doubled. up. So, so if we can raise $40,000, that turns into $80,000 instantly. And uh, that's, a, that's a really nice, uh, that's a nice boost. <laughs> it really is. And like I said, if you want to check it out, you can go to our website, which is kchospice.org forward slash purpose to learn more about Rachel and her story and uh, the inspiring um, moments that David just shared with us. And uh, we'd love to have you check it out. Excellent. And Pam, I think uh, you wanted to mention something about uh, trust funds. And you you mentioned your trust as well. Yes. <clears throat> uh, I would like to say that one last thing, that uh, no matter how large or small the gift, it truly can uh, make a difference and can help others at, at this difficult and sad time. And yet it can, it can help so many other families down the way. But by Putting your name, putting your trust, putting something in your trust to go to Kansas City Hospice House is one way that you, if you can't donate right now, you can uh, prepare for the future and help others down the road. So I believe in paying it forward, and that's one way you can pay it forward. That's an excellent point. And David, uh, do you have do you have quite a few folks, including Casey Hospice, in their trust? Yeah, you know, we, we have a program. It's called Full Circle Society, and, mm. and uh, we mentioned Mary Vaynerbauer's name, so she can certainly um, help people when they have uh, questions or if they want to learn more. Um, they can call our, call our phone number at 816-363-2600, and uh, uh, Mary Zanerbauer can, can help you out. All right, excellent. So David, David, and Pam, <laughs> thanks so much for being here today. Happy holidays, and uh, I just I, I appreciate the the personal connection, the personal stories you shared, some really personal stuff with us here today. But uh, I I think I think that will really inspire uh, some some folks listening to the program today and then listening to the podcast as well uh, to to get involved and volunteer, maybe include Casey Hospice in their trust or or uh, possibly making a donation immediately. Uh, to to one of the many uh, donation opportunities through KC Hospice. So thanks so much for being here. I I really appreciate all of you. Thank you, Steve. Thank you very much. Thank you for having us. Well, that was wonderful. Again, reach out to Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care at 816-363-2600 or online at kchospice.org. And uh, if you're if you're going to do any charitable giving and you're thinking about uh, a, a great place uh, to to invest uh, your your charitable donation, KC Hospice should be right at the top of your list. And I'll have more coming up next. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. To contact Steve or a guest on his show, visit SeniorCareLive.com. We'll have more coming up.
Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. Have a question? Visit SeniorCareLive.com. All right, so this is the most frequently asked question that I have been asked since 2002 for 20 years. And it's not even close. This is number one by a mile and a half. (laughs) Okay. And uh, the question is this, Steve, when should we consider moving from our home to a senior care community? We don't want to move too soon. I mean, we, we really, really want to stay at home as long as we can, you know, as long as that's safe and as long as that is working for us. We don't want to wait too long to where, okay, well, gosh, we, we should have probably looked at this sooner. Now we have to make a, a very quick move and we're, we're kind of stuck with just, you know, a couple of places that have open beds because everyone else has waiting lists right now and that's not really what we wanted. So we, we don't want that to happen either. We want to get it just right. So it's a, it's a tough, it's a, it's a big question. It's a tough question. There's a lot of gray in there. Now, sometimes it's just really, really obvious. You know, we have a, a triggering, what I call a triggering event. We have a, an unexpected uh, health care crisis. Our triggering event for my grandparents was the fall and the fractured neck. All of a sudden, boom, I mean, just in a click, in a blink, our entire world just changed in an instant. So in those situations, pretty obvious, Okay. But more often than not, it's not so obvious, and there's a lot of gray area there. So, I like to say that the following things should trigger the conversation of considering moving from your home to a senior care community. Number one, when it is no longer safe to live at home. So, you have a lot of safety issues and, and again, some of these are obvious, some of them not as obvious. And uh, many of these are related to uh, cognitive issues, so you know, memory loss and that sort of thing. Okay, So the first one, super frequent, super common. I've heard about this so much. Leaving the stovetop burners on. Obviously, it's a major, major safety issue and risk. I had, I had one, one client, actually two sisters, and they lived just a few doors down from their mom. They had cameras in in her house, and and they were watching the watching their mom on the on the on the video screen. And they, oh oh, mom's mom's going in to make some dinner. And they're like, oh no no, mom mom no. <laughs> and they watched their mom turn the stovetop burner on, so it was red, glowing, you know, hot. It was on high, and she liked a can of Hormel chili. That was one of her favorite things. So she opened the can and took the lid off and just dumped it right on the stovetop. <laughs> she forgot her pan. Their mother had uh, early, uh, early Alzheimer's. Okay, obviously she wasn't thinking. And the chili immediately just starts smoking and going crazy. I don't know if that stuff would have ever caught on fire. I think a lot of moisture there, but obviously a major mess. The girls went running down to mom's house. Again, they were just a few doors down and they took care of that. But if it, it could be a lot worse than that, especially if you have a gas stove. So what you can do, if that's a concern, super simple. If it's electric stove oven, you just flip the breaker. Or if it's plugged in to a 220 outlet in the back, just unplug it. 
Now, some stoves are hardwired, so flip the breaker on that. If it's gas, just turn the gas off to the stove. And uh, problem solved. All right, wandering away from the house and you can't find your way back home. So that this would trigger a silver alert. Unfortunately, I'm seeing silver alerts more and more frequently. And every time in, in my social media accounts, every time I see a silver alert, I just automatically, boom, I just share it. Because you never know if that might lead to someone knowing where that person is and having a happy ending. Usually the person is found and they're okay, but sometimes uh, these situations end in a tragedy, unfortunately. Okay, uh, someone suffering from malnutrition or dehydration because they're just not eating properly uh, at all. They're not drinking enough uh, water and, and maybe milk or juice, whatever it is. And uh, that, that's, a, that's a major, major safety concern. Uh, unsanitary living conditions due to just flat out the inability to, to take care of, uh, of, of things, of yourself and your surroundings. Uh, frequent injuries at home, frequent falls, frequent hospitalizations, uh, not taking your medications on time or properly or not, maybe not even take your medications at all. Uh, that one flies under the radar. That's a major safety issue. And then uh, elder financial abuse, uh, any type of elder abuse, obviously major, major safety uh, concern there. Number two, I would call this a very close number two, when the caregiver's health and well-being are in decline. So we're talking about your mental health, emotional, spiritual, and of course your, your physical health. And this, you, you just cannot let the caregiver go down along with the person who's, who's, who's already declining. Now you have two people declining. You just cannot let that go on very long. So if you're home for the holidays, maybe you've already returned to your home, but you saw maybe your dad caring for your mom or your mom caring for your dad or one grandparent caring for another, if you're seeing the caregiver really suffering and really declining, you, got, you have to do something about it. You're going to have to get them some help because caregivers place their own needs on the back burner we put our needs second. We skip our doctor's appointments, our dental appointments. We skip social engagements like the book club and, the, uh, and, and our, our coffee group. And we, we stop going to church. And look, stress is just a, a very powerful force. And unfortunately, I've seen way too many times when the caregiver actually passes away because they were crushed from the stress of being a caregiver. They pass away before the person they're caring for. And that's just not right. You've defeated the purpose at that point, and now you're not there to watch over your loved one. So you, just don't let that happen. You got, you're going to have to step in and, and do something about that. Number three, when the cost of in-home care just becomes too great. Now, you know I'm a huge fan of home care, huge fan of home care. But if, if that need rises to the level of 24 hours a day, you could be looking at fifteen to eighteen thousand dollars, upwards of maybe twenty five thousand dollars per month. So if you can pay for that, that's fantastic. You can stay at home. Most people cannot, and it makes more financial sense to maybe move to assisted living or long term care or one of the other levels of care that we talked about. And then last but not least, when the care that you provide is just not enough, why not consider changing your role from that caregiver that hands-on care provider to the care manager and the care advocate meaning 
find a great place to provide the care, and then you can return to your role as the loving family member and make sure that your loved one gets everything they need while you can be the the loving spouse, son, daughter, or in my case, the, the loving grandson. Okay, so hopefully that's helped you uh, learn uh, about everything that you need to know about when to consider moving from your home to a senior care community. All right, I'm Steve Keeker, and I wish you grace and peace. May God bless you and your family on this day and always. Join me next week right here on Senior Care Live. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.